You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello, and welcome back to episode number 19 of Perpetual Traffic. We are excited about today's episode because remember, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, back on episodes four, five, and six, we had an amazing three-episode case study with Bree Argetsinger, a.k.a. The Betty Rocker. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, please go back and, and, and listen to those. Even if it's after this episode, go back and listen to those. You're going to be glad you did. But uh, today we've got Molly on the call, Ralph on the call, myself on the call, of course. And Bree, are you guys all there? Yeah. What's up? Hey, Keith. We're here. Awesome. What's awesome. Up? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So Bree, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate you, you coming back in and, and, and checking in with us. It's such a pleasure. I feel like I've gone from high school to grad school in the last like nine months or so. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So cool. And we're going to get into that in a second. But basically on those episodes, um, we talked about how Brie went from building up an organic following in the health and fitness space, basically by using the power of Instagram over the past three and a half years. And she had never ran a Facebook ad until about six months prior to, to us recording those episodes. And so now she's pushing on about a couple months away from being a, a full entire year of, of running Facebook ads. And I think she's going to explain to you what she's learned from her Facebook data and how she's been able to kind of just maneuver and adjust and improve her Facebook campaigns, improve her funnel, all based on the Facebook data. And I'm so excited for, for you, Brita, to, to be so willing to share all of this with, with us and, and the rest of the audience. Super cool, super cool. Okay, so Bree, why don't you take us through where we left off at kind of towards the end of episode number six? So it's actually a really funny story because I was getting ready to do a couple of different video campaigns. And one of the first things I wanted to try was I had this really great sort of educational, entertaining video on one of my sales pages. And I thought it would make a great Facebook ad. So I tried it out. I set up a campaign and I started running it and, or I tried to start running it and Facebook disapproved it. And I was like, what? I don't know. It was just like, exactly. (laughs) It was this this total letdown because I'd been doing such a good job and everything's working. And then it was just like, oh crap, they disapproved my ad. So I, I got a reason why. And it was because I had before and after pictures in the video itself. And, you know, I had some clients who sent me pictures from using my plans. And, you know, that's natural on the sales page, of course. But as a the video ad on Facebook, it, it wasn't approved. And that was why. Now, what's really interesting about this particular subject to me, aside from that it failed, and that was a great lesson for me, was this before and after picture and sort of like what is appropriate to have on your landing pages, what's appropriate to have on Facebook, what the difference is and how that whole thing kind of flows together when you're creating a campaign and sending people to a specific place. This is what I was learning. What's been really cool about um, being featured on the podcast was having so many people kind of take a look at what I was doing. But that also raised a lot of questions for people too. So I would see questions in some of the online forums about me as a business, like, why is it okay for Betty Rocker to post before and after pictures on her sales page or her landing page? And I get disapproved if I try to do that. And I know that you guys have someone on the inside of Facebook, and I know you probably are able to ask these types of questions. So I was wondering if for everyone listening, could you tell me even a little bit more about like, why is it okay for me to have some pages? Because I was worried myself. I was like, oh, is this not okay? When I would see those comments, how am I doing it right? I don't want to be getting away with something that's not okay for others, you know, 
What is the difference? Totally. I remember when that initially happened, we were all, oh my gosh, is Brie getting away with that? Because that campaign's been running for a while. And now is this all this extra attention going to get her, you know, ads disapproved or account shut down. And so there was like, you know, what's going on? And, and actually, I'm so glad that we were able to really get all of this clear when we hung out with, with our, our partner manager. And we talked a lot about this on the last episode. So if you haven't listened to episode 18, maybe make sure you go back and listen to that after this episode. But basically, one of the things that we learned was that when a Facebook account gets disabled, that is done by a real person. It's always a manual process. So what's automated is the specific campaign. So if there's red flags about a campaign, if it's got too much negative feedback, then that can trigger a manual review. And then if that happens too many times, then they'll, they'll look at the account and they might disable it. All right. Or, the, or they might look at the ad or the landing page and disapprove it. And the thing is, is if it's a gray area, they'll go three to four pages deep, but they're also looking at things holistically. So we all know Facebook wants a positive environment. They wanna improve the user experience, period. They do not like negative messaging. So one thing about Brie is that all of her messaging is, is very positive, okay? She focuses on how health and fitness can improve your life and how you should love eating food and those types of things, okay? She does not focus on negative things like fat loss and being skinny. And actually, I think she's gonna hit on some of this on how her Facebook data has actually really helped her adjust and improve both her ad copy and her sales copy on her sales pages. And some of your sales page conversions have around doubled, which we'll get into in a second. And a lot of it's because of all the data she's seen from Facebook. But the big thing is, is they're looking at it holistically. So if you're always positive and you're always doing some of these types of things, and then you maybe do something that's a little bit grayer or against policy, odds are you're not going to probably get your account banned. But back to the uh, before and after thing, we actually asked about that. And, and if you look on policy, we believe the way it says it, and he kind of confirmed this, was that the before and after pictures you can't have on ads. Um, but if you have before and after pictures and you have testimonials and story-based stuff on your on your landing pages or your sales pages, you are okay. And I think that's the reason. Your video had before and after pictures in it. So it's in a video, it's in the newsfeed, it's in an ad. I mean, there's nothing specifically in the policies that say, you know, you can't have it on a landing page. I mean, I think you've got to use your discretion though. So this doesn't necessarily mean that we're advocating that, you know, anyone who's in the weight loss niche is listening to this show today should start putting you know, all kinds of before and afters on your landing page. I think you have to do it in a way where it's legit and it's also framed in a positive way. And just, you know, once again, like we talked about in our last episode, is that you have to listen and you have to read and keep in your favorites the policies page for Facebook. They just updated it on Wednesday. So you always have to be there and it's going to continuously update. So you got to stay up to date on what's going on. Um, and I think the big thing with Bree is that you go positive. You talk about positive stuff. You know, you're moving towards something as opposed to moving away from something and all your ad copy. And that's just the way that you are. And that's individual to you. And that's what Facebook wants. They want a positive user experience. Also, those before and after pictures, they're like just one small part of what's on that landing page. Correct. They're just And they're just as contextual on the page as they are in the entire message. So they're just a small part of what you would focus on. Um, but I just wanted to share that sort of quote unquote failure because I got my ad didn't get approved. Right. So I wanted to just tell you guys what happened. Right. <laughs> it happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. yep. 
And I took, I was a great learning experience for me. Seeing those questions that people were asking made me really want to know the answer too, because I've gotten to come on this podcast and share my story and my example. And I know that that's really cool because a lot of, a lot of people are able to accelerate what they're doing and get to their end goal a little bit faster. So I want to like, just tell you guys now about the video campaign that I was running after that mistake happened that actually was very successful. So I did have a win with a video campaign also. And this video campaign and what happened with it, um, it was it was a video that had been performing well for me on my YouTube channel just organically. But it, it's basically a video of me making a green smoothie. And it's not just that. It's There's some elements about it that I want to tell you about that were important that really worked. So in the video, I start out by like telling you about the health benefits of the different ingredients that I'm putting in the smoothie as I'm making it. So it's educational. It's teaching people about something useful. And while I'm telling you this, I want you to think about like yourself and your brand in a video that you might want to make and like how you could create a little piece of education within it that would be interesting for your viewer, right? Because they want to learn stuff and it's Facebook. So they want to be kind of entertained and learn stuff. And so I was trying to think about that. So like, okay, so I'm teaching them about the ingredients just as I'm making the smoothie. And then I press you know, blend on the blender once they're all in there. And, um, and then I just started doing burpees in the kitchen while the blender was running and a burpee for my non-fitness friends out there who are listening. Um, it's, it's a squat thrust, push up, jump, right? It's this crazy move that everyone like loves to hate. There's all kinds of like buck furpees, like memes on, on online <laughs> um, that you'll see because they're just like a brutal they're exercise. Terrible. <laughs> yes, they're, they're so effective. They're like a total body exercise. So anyway, so I bust out like 12 of these while the blender's running. And it's really funny, right? Because people are like, whoa, this girl is crazy. And then I get up and I like, um, I pour the smoothie into a cup and then I, I'm sweaty because I actually had to do like three takes of this. So I like rip off my shirt and just, I'm standing there in my sports gear and my sports bra and I'm just like chugging this green smoothie. And I happen to mention that there's a great green smoothie recipe every single week in the program that I'm talking about in this video. And um, if they are interested, they should totally like check it out. So I took this video from YouTube and I, I basically what I call Facebookized it, right, Keith? <laughs> That's what I say when I take a video and like add some cool like exactly. <laughs> calls to action overlays and stuff. And and I just like made it more Facebook friendly as in like at the beginning, I made it so, look like, okay, it's, it's silent. So I want you to listen to what I'm saying. So I added like a little, you know, audio player um, icon at the beginning and added a couple of like calls to action throughout the video of like, click the link in the post or something that I was, you know, saying, that's what I mean when I say Facebookized it. So everything that's happening in that post was educational, helpful, friendly, relationship building, content rich, because I was like, you know, they'll buy or they won't buy, but I want to make sure they at least get great information. So that video did really, really well. Just to be clear, that video links directly to a sales page for a $47 product. Right. So it's a video, a different video that's also educational and then great, rich, informational, helpful content on the sales page itself, as well as something to buy that would help them if they were there. And that was the $47 um, meal planning product. So I and I learned a lot from from running that campaign that the data really influenced the next video ad campaign that I created and having that conversation with my audience through my ads is really what's helped me be a better communicator and educator and creator of products even. And it just, as a natural byproduct, is increasing my sales exponentially. But I wanted to mention that one other thing that happened as a result of being on the podcast, and this is kind of like just a cautionary tale. When I was 
just starting out with marketing, I was really like uncertain about what I should put, like how I should create a campaign, how I should set up my funnel. And so I would look at a lot of different examples of people's stuff and how they were doing it and, and buy their products and go through their funnels and check things out. And that really helped me sort of find my own voice and find my own thing. And what I saw after doing the podcast was a lot of people thinking that and, and asking like publicly, well, I want to kind of copy what she's doing. And I just wanted to say that when I tried to copy people back when I was really new, it backfired on me like crazy. And I learned very quickly that in order to really get my message across and to really sell things, I had to listen to my unique audience. I had to come up with my unique messaging because in the fitness and health space, for example, there's so many people out there talking about health and fitness that were like, we're, we're a huge group, we're a huge tribe. And why people want to buy from you is because you're you and I'm me. And I know, I don't know, I know digital marketer has a similar, like, I know a lot of people watch you guys, Molly, and like, look yeah, at what you're definitely. doing with your ads. And, and we're teaching people how to do this stuff step by step. But I think the most important part when creating any part of your marketing or really any part of your company, period, is thinking about, you know, what's my voice? Who am I talking to? And, and what, you know, what would appeal to that audience? Sometimes I'll log into Facebook and I'll see people running ads uh, that are using the same images that we use in our ads, which really, you know, it isn't a giant deal to us. Uh, we don't have any sort of copyright on those Facebook ads, but, you know, they're running in the real estate market or even the fitness market. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, that was a Facebook ad that was promoting, you know, maybe our Facebook ad template lead magnet. And <laughs> just because that worked for us to that particular target audience doesn't mean that that image is going to work, you know, for your company or your brand or in your market. So people spend a lot of time creating funnels and Facebook ads and definitely be respectful. There's nothing wrong with research and, and watching what other people do. Uh, we do that all the time at Digital Marketer, especially with br big brands. You know, what are they doing that's working that we can emulate? But how can we take the strategy that's working for them and make it DM and, and execute that way? So I think that's a really important point, Brie. Just because you use the same image or copy or page that another company is using, um, a direct copy of that doesn't mean it's going to work for you and, and to your audience. Nobody is like you and nobody – that person that is doing that successful thing, in this case, Brie, um, or the Betty Rocker, um, you're not going to be the same thing. You're not the same person. Well, an artist is inspired. We are all artists, all of you marketers listening, all totally. of you people listening. You're all artists of life. And you make, you make stuff your own by listening and plugging it into your unique brain funnel. And then it comes out as something that's beautiful creation of yours. That's it. Model after people that are successful. One of the reasons why one of the reasons why all of us here are successful is because we learn from the best. Okay. This is why you're listening to this podcast. You should learn from the best. We give you examples. Okay. Take those and execute. Build your own brand though. Build your own voice. Don't like reach out to people like Betty Rocker or us and say, Hey, can you send me screenshots of your entire funnel? It's not cool, first of all, um, at all. And it's like, it's stupid. I mean, I mean, if you just think about it, take this stuff and model it and then also just realize that 
a lot of people have built uh, – it's a snowball effect, okay? It's a compounding thing. Bree talks to her audience. She builds up trust. She's built up trust. So her results typically are going to be better probably than most people trying to do something similar. And that's okay. Your results don't have to be as good as hers because eventually maybe they will, okay, if you start to implement and you start to build that relationship and build that audience. It doesn't happen overnight. I don't think I would be successful right now without all the stuff that I learned along the way and all the hard work um, I put in. And I think you will be as successful and, and more successful than me if you follow your own path. Like I had to follow mine. Let's go back to that green smoothie video. I want to touch on a couple different things. First of all, there's a book called Contagious by Jonah Berger. Buy it, listen to it, however you read it, listen to it on Audible. There's a few things that she does there that are really important. And her putting the entire recipe on the post itself. So even if a lot of people will share that video, even if they don't watch the whole thing, because they see the recipe, they know they're sharing something that's valuable. Somebody else, they see it, boom, they can copy and paste that recipe. That's a resource that they have now, boom, even if they don't watch the video. That's another, there's these little things that Brie does that give her these nines and 10 relevant scores. People share the heck out of these videos and guess what that does? It drives down your cost per click. I really looked at that green smoothie guide video and what I learned from it and from the data that I'd been getting from all of the ads I was running really, and really just started to think about the conversation that was actually happening between my customers, the video ads, the ads, any, you know, content ads, whether they're videos or just, what do you call those link post ads, right, Keith? Did I learn do my homework right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, okay. So I was looking at the conversation that I was having on those ads, like with people who would make comments. And then I was noticing there were some incongruencies between some of my Facebook ads, which were starting to get better and better. But my, some of my sales pages were still like kind of going towards that old way that I was, you know, I used, like I told you, I used to kind of like try to model after other people in the health and fitness space because I didn't really know what my own voice was yet. So some of my sales pages were a little outdated and I was talking a lot about, you know, um, fat loss tips. And, and I don't want you to think there's anything wrong with talking about fat loss. That's a, that's a great goal. A lot of people want to get loose fat, feel healthier. That's fine. Um, but I was too focused on that and sort of using those scarcity tactics and maybe a little bit more of that language that makes people feel like a little down on themselves. I don't want to go that direction at all anymore. And so I was really being influenced by the conversation I was having on Facebook. So I completely revamped a bunch of my sales pages and as a result of this data that I was seeing on Facebook. And I created a new video. And this is something I've been wanting to do for a while, kind of like a documentary style, all in the space of like two minutes where I walk in the door holding my groceries, then I unpack them on the counter and then I wash them in the sink and then I start doing food prep. And I put together this little video montage that showed the process. And I, I did it in like fast forward and I added like a fun music overlay and I showed the recipes I was making. But what was really, really important was I wasn't trying to sell the meal plan with, with what I said in the voice overlay. I actually was talking about how someone could save money at the grocery store, how they could easily do some of what I was doing about how I don't do this stuff every week. I, I was basically just giving helpful tips and sort of sharing my philosophies about 
eating healthy and how your body is a byproduct of how you treat yourself and taking the time to cook for yourself and, and make a little time for yourself like that is just a great way to really value yourself as a person. And these are the kind of things that I was just saying in this quick two minute overlay. And it was really fun. And I mentioned that I was using my 30 day meal plan week three and um, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, there's a call to action to go straight to check it out. Now, in the, the page that they land on, I changed to be a completely educational, fun conversation, very much like I would write Facebook copy, like a conversation. And that's what the whole sales page turned into. And I put that video on it, but like halfway down the page somewhere that's just a helpful thing. So it doesn't autoplay. There's none of that kind of like force play or like red arrows or red text or had big screaming headlines. Um making people feel bad about not being skinny. Um, you know, just like none of that. It's just like, Hey, eating right. Shouldn't be hard. And here's how to make it easy. So that post would be a standalone piece of content and they would get to the sales page and that would be a standalone piece of content. All of them had the same overall feel of being helpful, educational, entertaining, valuable content that also, you know, had a, something to offer as a sale. Uh, that's a $47 product. It has a nice little upsell funnel. Um, so there's other things that they could get that would be useful too. But it cost me 3 to $4 to make a sale on this product. And I think in the first eight days, sold like over 100 of it. Um, so that's pretty decent. Um, and I was spending <laughs> like $10 a day. So <laughs> like, it was like that's unbelievable. Awesome. Crazy. Not $4 per lead, $4 per sale. Per sale. Per sale. Yeah. Now that is a culmination of everything that you've done up to this point though. So once again, I mean, you've got to do this. You got to do it the right way, the way that Brie does it, promoting ungated content, you know, treating her tribe, you know, like, you know, they're part of her own family. I mean, I don't think anybody I've seen does it better than she does it. Um, I mean, this is the culmination of all that stuff. So if you do it the way that Facebook wants you to do it, which is exactly the way that they want you to do it, which is the way that she does it, uh, you will likely, I'm not going to say guaranteed, you'll get results like this just because you're providing lots and lots of value. And the logical end result of providing that value is taking the next step in buying the next thing to get even more value. And that's how you know we interact as human beings. And Facebook is, is no different. been sort of thinking of how I do business and I have this sort of example that might really help you think about your own because I imagine my business which is now I have like five websites and I'm very proud of the hard work and it's cut to me it's kind of like my online compound right like it's like a giant sprawling mansion compound right and all of my websites live within it and when I invite you to my blog it's basically like I'm inviting you into the foyer of my giant compound or my living room. And um, my blog posts are like a green smoothie or a cup of tea or a plate of cookies that I'm serving you there because I want you to feel so at home. I want to clone myself in the online space and be that online hostess that's making you feel so welcome at my place, right? And you're just in the first entryway, really, of my, of my giant compound at, at this particular moment when you first encounter me. Maybe you see a Facebook ad and that's like you drove by my compound with the doors wide open and it smells like cookies right? So if it looks enticing, you're going to stop, check it out. Maybe you'll come in and maybe you'll come to the blog through one of my Facebook ads. Maybe you'll come to my 30 day challenge page and you'd be interested. And maybe you've been in my living room for a little while. And then you, you happen to notice that, um, there's a door 
that you might want to go past into the next room because in the next room we're doing a 30 day challenge and that sounds really awesome. And, uh, you, you actually, what you have to do to get past that door into the next big room in my compound is actually give me your name and email address. And at this point, you're so stoked to do that because you've been hanging out in my, uh, foyer or in my living room, um, drinking a green smoothie or having a plate of cookies. And you're just, you feel relaxed. You feel comfortable. You know me, you trust me. And you know that beyond that door lies even more awesomeness, right? And maybe the next level, the next door into my compound is something that you make a purchase for. Maybe you, you know, you need to pay to get beyond other doors, but you're always going to be welcome in my compound. And I'm always going to continue to serve you and provide you with value. You guys, do you guys remember back on like episode five or when Molly was talking about how we have relationships online and how we make deposits into the bank of goodwill? It's like relationship equity, right, Molly? Is that how you said it? Yeah, you have to, you know, uh, deposit into the bank account before you're going to ask a prospect to, um, you know, give you something in return. I thought about that so much because that to me felt really natural. But once someone put it into those eloquent words, I really started to zero in on the fact that that is what I do. How can I do it better? How can I make people feel even more welcome in my space? And if you can think of your business like your online compound, or maybe your online compound isn't a compound yet. Maybe you're living in a duplex right now. Maybe you're sharing space with someone else. How awesome can you make what you have And how can you make what you have serve the people that you're trying to reach with your message? Because I promise if you spend time thinking about that and being that host or hostess online, uh, you really will win. Bree, I couldn't agree more. I've always liked, you know, having people over. I love having dinner parties. So for me, that was just kind of like the most natural analogy uh, of my brand, basically as an extension of who I am and how I see taking care of people is kind of like the ultimate act of service. Keith talks a lot about how Facebook is the online party, and I think that's really apropos for this um, sort of analogy as well. I wanted to tell you guys that that campaign, I've actually paused that old campaign and made a new video, because again, I'm always learning from the videos and the the data that I get, and uh, I made a new video. Can I tell them how much I'm paying for my leads right now, Keith? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, and I don't know that this is good until Keith's like, uh, yeah, this is good. Um, I'm paying 15 to 30 cents per lead right now um, to all of my cold. And it's kind of like I have a bunch of different audiences, obviously. But yeah, it's kind of awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're an agency client, don't expect I'd that. I take that. Yeah. <laughs> that one campaign alone is like it's generated. I don't know what it but we're talking tens of thousands of leads. Just that one campaign. Um, general, you know, with all the audiences, but like her original one that she said she just paused has been doing amazing the entire time. The most expensive lead from that old campaign was 35 cents. And I was like, oh, that's going a little too high for me. I think it's time to like make it. Yeah, that's campaign. horrible. Yeah. Like, it's going up to like, it's like almost 40 cents. I got to do something better. <laughs> of course she did. And tell us what you did. Oh my God. I thought about the conversation I was having with my audience and I, I know what they respond to the most with that lead campaign is the act of accomplishment. And something that people really love about a challenge is to be able to cross things off a list. It's freaking awesome. It feels great when you're done with a task, right? So I brought more of that element into this new video that I created. Um, I actually, because at the end of every day of my challenge that I run, I, I cross off a day on the calendar. So I showed more of that in the new video. And I also added some new copy to the post itself because me and my assistant answer every single question on every single ad we have. We have a special document actually linking to all of our ads so that we can keep track of the comments that people are asking because it's really important. We 
we kept getting the same questions over and over. So I took the top five questions and I put them into the new ad copy, into the new post copy. And there are five, five important questions. And it's been really great to see the new data and to see the new questions and the new comments on these, this new campaign, because the top question is, is this free or not? Because people are like so afraid that you're going to just like charge them um, for something when they see you asking for an email address, right? Or you're giving something that looks that valuable. They think it's not going to be free. And people still like post that question and then they, and then they write again like a minute later, oh, sorry, I just read, I just read the post and they feel like better, <laughs> right? They feel accountable right away. But it is really helpful to put um, questions and answers to them right in your Facebook ad copy if you know that there's like a thing that people are going to be wondering about, right? And just have that conversation with them. I actually am so transparent in that ad. I answer that question. I say, nope, there's no fee at all. It's 100% free. I am going to offer you a meal plan to make your results even more effective, but you don't have to buy it. I say that right in the Facebook ad in the copy. And that just takes all of the fear away. They just need to relax and enjoy themselves because I know that as they get more and more comfortable and are enjoying the challenge more and more, they may or may not get a meal plan. They may or may not find something else on the blog that's useful for them. And in any case, they're going to be able to really enjoy the value that's provided and know about me. And maybe I just don't have a product yet made that serves them. I didn't set out to write fitness plans. I set out to write meal plans, but I ended up listening to my audience and creating more fitness plans because that's what they really wanted to buy. And so Brie, that's a great example because you didn't set out to write those plans, but that's something they were asking for. It's really what they were reading about. So why wouldn't you productize that? Um, For example, on our blog, um, you know, how do we figure out what we're going to write about next? Or how do we figure out what our next lead magnet's going to be? Well, most of it has to do with, you know, what are people reading on the blog right now? You know, what is the most read article in the past 30 days, 60 days? Uh, Let your audience show you what they're interested in. I think everything in life is about communication. And and the, the most important things are to be aware, to listen and respond to what people are saying. And you can do that in a one on one conversation. You can do that um, with your business. It's just like just being artful about the way that you present your communication of what you have to offer and then listening to what the other person says, whether they, uh, what they say, quote unquote, by making a purchase, by leaving a comment, by asking for a refund, by whatever the action they take, that is really um, the conversation that you're having um, with your audience. And I've been, you know, just really fortunate to have a skill set where I just want to be on social media all the time. So I'm constantly talking to people on Instagram, on Facebook, on uh, Pinterest. I'm, I'm listening to them and, and watching what they're doing and analyzing that behavior and using that as a big part of my data set in making decisions. Bree, thanks a lot for sharing all those, especially for sharing us the numbers and, and, and going so deep into the specifics of of that campaign and what you learned. I, I think people listening right now are just, they're probably so excited to go out and kind of think of how, how can I now add more, you know, value into my post or, or be more transparent. And, and I know if you implement that in your own way, it will help you. And maybe it's not the first ad, maybe it's the second one. It's not always going to be perfect right away. So, so Brie, basically um, people are probably wondering, you know, is she still running 
um, content or ads to blog posts, those types of things. Um, yes, she still has a, a percentage of her budget that's doing you know super small to light campaigns and still amplifying bl- blog content like she talked about in her story where they come into her foyer. That's the first touch. And then you know the majority of her ad spend is focused on this this lead gen and and this retargeting with video ads to to sales pages. Um, and that video that you that on the lead magnet that you just talked about is only what 20, 23, 24 seconds. Something like that. 20, 23 or 24 seconds. It's yep, just yep. really fun and quick and to the point. If you can tell us kind of like what's the next steps for for the Betty Rocker? My focus isn't just on my Facebook ads and my Facebook campaigns right now. I've done well with them. And I what I actually find to be the most important thing is taking a look back now at my funnels. Because all this data has been wonderful. It's helped to show me things I needed to change, things I could do better. And now I'm taking a good look at my at my funnel and where I could add a product, where my audience is asking me for something that they need, what my goals are for 2016, what we can add to my entire campaign, my entire funnel that will really serve my audience even more moving forward. And once I have some of those new things in place, I will be refocusing back on ramping up my spend on my campaigns uh, significantly because I'll, you know, I'll have the, the, I will have spent the time on the infrastructure again. You turned into like basically a Jedi at the Facebook ad stuff anyways. <laughs> I mean, it's like completely. Bree, you're, you're definitely an inspiration and it's cool to see even how far you've come in the past few months. So <laughs> you're the first return uh, guest on Perpetual Traffic. That is true. <laughs> oh, sweet. I love it. I'm such, it's so honored to be on your podcast. You guys are so cool. Since I started working with Dominate Web Media. Uh, I know I've been a longtime follower of Dig- Digital Marketer. I've learned so much from them. But um, since I've been working with Dominate Web Media, I have not missed a member's uh, webinar or one of our high-level yep. calls, or uh, I'm always in the group. I'm staying as connected as possible because there's stuff that like you know, you think you master something and then you go away from it. You you got to stay plugged in. And that's part of why I've been able to keep growing and keep shifting is because I stay in it. I stay in the conversation that these guys are having. I do my coaching calls. I take action, but I don't forget to like get on the member calls and listen in and like talk to the other people who are um, struggling with stuff. And, and one of the things that in my own audience, people ask me all the time is, Betty Rocker, how do you stay so motivated? And I'm always like, oh, it's probably the number one thing is like I try to share what I learned with other people because it reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing and it keeps me really relevant and on track. Yes. Thank you. And I really encourage you, if you have that opportunity to be a part of a group that's talking about marketing or talking about Facebook ads, like that really, really helps. Like whether you're ready to give advice or not, asking questions and talking to other people and like being a part of a community that cares about the right way to do things and is actually talking to Facebook um, about that. It's been the best investment of my time and money um, this year by far. So that's it. Holy moly. Thank you. Love that. Thanks. That's one of the reasons why you're so successful is you, you're you always plugged in and you don't stop learning. And so the stuff, it starts out hard. You heard her on episode four. It's just like she wanted to throw her computer across the room because it was like a foreign language. And now listen to her. It's just It just takes time. Okay, so don't give up and just, you know, if it's a small budget, it's a small budget and it will uh, start to make sense. I feel like I'm still running small budget stuff. It's greater than when I started, but it's what I'm comfortable with. So don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it on a small budget or that you have to only have a big budget or just be where you're comfortable and and trust that. Trust the process. And um, oh, my gosh, there's just so much value in the, the the DM lab, the DM group, like the Dominate Web Media group, like these these 
they've created these places for you to talk to other people so that you don't feel like you have to do it all alone. And I love this podcast because I feel like, like I was started, why I started this conversation is I listen to it every week and learn so much from all the guests you have. And gosh, there's just so much value. So um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. So other than that, I think uh, we'll wrap it up and uh, I'll talk to you all soon. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.